This podcast episode is brought to you by Phone Sites. With Phone Sites, you can build a website or sales funnel that generates leads from your mobile device in five minutes or less without any tech skills or without downloading an app. Try it for free for 14 days at phonesites.com forward slash Nate. Let's go! In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, Nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't alright, I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera, I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable from my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. Years of marriage has never been better than this And we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm gonna be a leader I'ma lead the way Cause I'm a firm believer We can do anything we want If I said it then I meant it I probably already did it Consider it Championship Leadership Podcast Hey Bailey Championship 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 Leadership Podcast Championship Leadership Podcast With Nate Bailey Hey what's up everybody Championship Leadership Podcast here and I'm excited we got Dom Fawcett out of uh just outside of Phoenix Arizona he uh prior military vet uh, police officer and now CEO of Think React Lead, executive coach, speaker, and uh, all around great man. So, thank you for being here. Appreciate it. I appreciate that, man. It's always a pleasure. Yeah. Um, first question, right into it. Hey, uh, hit me, podcast bro. is uh, championship leadership. What comes to mind for you? Like, what does championship leadership mean to you when you think about that? When you hear that? Yeah, when I hear championship leadership, I think honesty, integrity, loyalty, service. Um, I, and I think that just when I hear leadership, right? I think uh, somebody who's who's comfortable in, in owning up to the stuff they suck at and being okay with saying, uh, I don't know, right? As a, you know, whether they're talking to their employees, direct reports, et cetera. Somebody who's, who's the same person inside their home as they are outside their home, which is rare these days. Yeah, I was going to say that's, uh, that is rare these days, unfortunately. And, um, but tell, tell us a little bit about you, like military police officer. Now you're an executive coach. It's like that transition a shift doesn't necessarily <laughs> line up, but, it, but at the same time, I'm sure there's lots of things that you learned from those that, that do actually really serve you as an executive coach and speaker. You know, I, uh, so high level overview, right? Uh, Join military fresh out of high school, was K-9. Uh, once I got out of, out of the military, out of the Air Force, you know, I became a cop. Uh, learned a lot on the streets. I was a cop in Jackson, Mississippi. And then I jumped into sales, uh, did sales for some time. And then I jumped into debt collection, uh, learned a lot there. Then I jumped into leadership, I jumped into management um, during the debt collection phase. And then um, I realized, hey, you know, that people out 
in a corporate space suck at making decisions. Um, and there's usually never a veteran around. So I, I, I leveraged my past uh, yeah. and, you know, got somebody to write me a nice little resume. And then I, I, I started uh, getting hit, hit up by headhunters uh, because of the way my resume was written. And then I jumped into corporate leadership and I did that for 15 years. Right. And the, the only reason I'm an executive coach today uh, and a leadership speaker is because I learned some things. I was a horrible leader at first because I, I, I came in with a, with a military or paramilitary mindset. And I, I, was, I was always open to feedback. But I also knew that I didn't need to stay at a company longer than, you know, I needed to two or three years as long as I would stay there. So I would jump from, you know, bank to bank and jumped into the finance space. And the last two companies I worked for, I did uh, leadership development. And I was always reading John Maxwell, the Dale Carnegie, just the books that every, you know, I'd say normal uh, manager or leader or executive reads, right? And uh, I, I started using social media, Instagram specifically, doing videos about leadership just to better connect with my, my younger team. Um, because I, I, I couldn't, they weren't hearing me in our meetings, but I knew they were on their phones while they were working. So I gave them something to, you know, to listen to, to look at. And um, those videos started to kind of spread. And uh, I wrote a book, uh, Think, React, Lead, When Success and Accomplishments Aren't Enough. And I just wanted to write a book, just, you know, who doesn't want to be an, an, an author? I know in our circles, everybody's an author, it seems. But like I said, before we hopped on this podcast, I had zero plans on being an entrepreneur. I didn't really know, you had, know how to say the word because it's not a word you hear about. And I was coaching, I just needed a second stream of, of, of income. So I started just talking to people and I, I've always valued time. So I started charging people, you know, 30 bucks a month. I just needed my gym membership covered, right? Yeah, right. Um, and yeah, it just kind of went from there. And I, then I, I, people started coming to me, other, exec, other executives asking me questions about, you know, relationship stuff. I'm like, bro, I don't know. I mean, I can help you, but I'm not gonna talk to you for free. And I started reading and then I went through the certification, not that you need one, uh, through the John Maxwell certification and another yeah. one. And then I, I met somebody who literally was making a million dollars a month in this coaching space. I'm like, get the heck out of here. He's like, yeah, bro. Like I, this is all I do. I don't like, I don't do much. Like I do this from home a few days a week. Uh, and I looked into that route from speaking and on stages and, um, having a radio show now and long story short, it grew into a business, but for anybody that's watching that's that's on the fence about entrepreneurship, uh, when I thought I was ready to leave, I asked my dad, I, I, well, I didn't ask, I told him, I said, you know, I, I'm really thinking about leaving my job. And I had a good position. I was making good money. I was able to travel where I wanted to for the most part, right? Uh, I, had a, I had a good situation. And his response to me was, um, if you can't handle the 40, 50 hours of work a week that you work, plus your four or five speaking engagements, um, plus your four or five coaching clients, then you'll never be able to handle being a millionaire. And, and he's hit that status twice in, in his life and he's there now. And I, I thought about him like, well, okay, well, let me, let me dig deep. Let me embrace the suck. Yeah, let me stop complaining. Let me, let me manage my day effectively, right? I mean, embrace the suck is what I, a phrase that I use. Yeah. And I did that. And then it got to a point where I was like, okay, I'm making enough money in the coaching speaking space that I can like, it's almost like I have to leave. So I, I left and I don't look back. Now, granted, you know, my teeth got kicked in the first two months I was out, 
I lost all my clients, got some canceled speaking engagements, my dog died, and my mom was in a coma all within a 60-day period, right? But, you know, I tell people, my clients, embrace the suck, because what you think sucks right now is nothing compared to what you're going to go through if you keep developing yourself. Because at the end of the day, when you run a business, yeah, it ain't, it ain't hard. Like, you, it ain't easy, I should say. People are going to die right? You know, grandparents, parents, aunts, uncles, friends, right? Your kids are going to get sick, right? You might go through a divorce. You might fall in love. Like there's all these emotions that take place all while you're staying engaged and dialed in on running your business and growing your brand that if you can't handle like the little things, like you're just not going to make it. So embrace the suck, learn to handle them, right? And uh, that's, that's, that's kind of the route I took. And six months later, obviously I, I, I left in July of this year was my second second year anniversary, if you will. And uh, yeah, I'm, shoot, I'm having fun with this, man. Long, long answer to a short question. I love it. Thank you. And uh, yeah, embrace the suck. You know, I mean, that's one of the things we'll tell our clients all the time. Like it's in life. I think there's this fairy tale of idea of, you know, I'm going to grow up, I'm going to get married, I'm going to have a job, I'm going to be happy and like nothing bad is going to happen. Right. But like that's the exact opposite. I mean, it's just, it is going to happen. And are you equipped? Do you have the tools, the skill sets, the mindset to not only be prepared for it, but like to expect it to happen and not get thrown off right. the rails, right? Very true. Yeah. Um, you know, you said Jackson, Mississippi, that brought me back. I was military as well. I, uh, oh, are I you? Okay. Spent, um, spent three months in, in uh, uh, Hattiesburg, just outside of Hattiesburg. What's, right. what's okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Camp Shelby. Camp Shelby. Okay. Uh, training. Actually, that was Hurricane Katrina came through. Right. We were there during that and uh, got holed up in our barracks for three days while that came through and then finished okay. up training before we got deployed. But, uh, nice. but yeah, Mississippi. Um what, uh, who, who are some of the championship level leaders that you've experienced, that you've had as mentors, that you that have really helped to shape you and, and help you on the path that you're on today? Like, who are some of those people? And maybe what did they give you or what, what stood out to, to uh, you from them? You know what? There's a, yeah, probably a, la- a laundry list, right? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I, I grew up in a pretty rough environment in uh, Southern California. And I learned a lot about the power of, of words. I grew up in an environment, like I got stabbed my sophomore year in high school because of something that I said. Um, I learned the, the understanding of intuition and emotional intelligence yeah. as a preteen teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, leaving my neighborhood, I would have to walk and I walked through a couple different territories just to get to school. And, I learned, you know, the power of, of non-verbals. I mean, I've seen people get killed just for looking at somebody wrong, yeah. right, at a very young age. And it's, uh, the, those situations were um, instrumental in, in the development of my leadership. I didn't know that then. It was just the way I grew up. But, you know, obviously it starts at home. You know, your mom, your dad, both my parents, prior military, um, and, one of the things my dad said growing up, he was a truck driver when he got out. And uh, I remember, remember one time we were parked somewhere at a mechanic shop and a guy was in the heat, you know, like retreading tires and retreading tires for those that don't know. If a, a trucker or you can't afford new tires, you take the bald tires on your truck and somebody retreads them. Um, 
at least it gets you down the road. And I said, I would never do that. And my dad said, he looked at me, he said, boy, don't you ever say what you won't do for your family. Yeah. And as I got older, um, yeah, I, I found myself not retreading tires, but darn near close. Yeah, right. right? right. So yeah. It, it started there. And then once I uh, got into the uh, corporate space, I started listening to the people that were talking to me. Yeah, I had leaders uh, that influenced me in law enforcement, in the military. But when I got to the corporate space, it was a different, it wasn't forced. Like I think leadership in the military, law enforcement, sports, especially law enforcement, if you don't lead, you'll, you know, you could, you could die. So, you know, the first one I would say is a, a naval officer, ex pig, pig farmer turned naval officer, right? Uh, <laughs> Michael DeWitt, him, not big on social media. He's not a coach, but uh, he's the one that kind of instilled honesty, integrity, loyalty, and service. I saw it in him. He's probably 15 years older than I am. So he's 60, maybe, maybe late 50s. But, and then it really got dialed in with uh, retired Chief Master Sergeant Leopard Fate. And I still haven't met, to this day, I haven't met him in person but I, he's the one that kind of pushed me into this, this space of um, growth and development from the standpoint of leaving your corporate job and, 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 and speaking. And then there, you know, there's obviously I've hired coaches, have coaches to this day, but you know, it's, it's, it's really, I, I learn lessons every day, right? You know, whether it's from the, you know, the 42 year old gal at the local gas station who I put a smile on her face just by talking to her and it was dead and, you know, I asked her, you know, what's her background? And obviously at 42, you don't plan on being a gas station attendant. So I, you know, I learned from, from people like that. And I learned from my clients. So I think every day, every interaction with humans for me is a, a, a leadership uh, or a, a champion leadership experience. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> what's, um, it, you know, I, sitting here talk, uh, listening to you talk and tell your story about how you made this transition to what you do, which is a, a coach, a speaker, you get a radio show. Um, right. You know, we deal with a lot of clients that want to be coaches. Um, I've, I've done it, you know, I've made the transition myself and, right. and there's no blueprint out there. There, yeah, I mean, there really, isn't. And it's just like, it's always interesting to hear how that happens. And so, yeah, what, wow, how long have you had the radio show? So let me for let me answer your question and I'll tell you yeah. why I do radio. Yeah, I've had it for probably six months now. Um, the reason I have a radio show is because well, one my uh, my mantra is change one life every day for the rest of my life. Right? I don't have a gun and a badge anymore. I use my voice. My voice changes lives. Whether my voice on stage, voice you know on a one to one call, or doing lives, or in this case, radio. The reason I have a radio show is because everybody in our space, and I'm, I'm not knocking podcasts, but I did the podcast and I just didn't, I didn't like it for, for me, it was too time consuming. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I did a podcast for like three months. And I was like, this is not the business. Yeah. And I had the opportunity to do a, a radio show. And for me, from a branding and marketing standpoint, you know, it seems like there's a million coaches and speakers out there and every, every 90 days I'm trying to level up. Like, what can I do with my brand to get to the next level? And for me, in order to stand out, I said, you know, radio, radio is going to help me stand out because not too many people in my space have a radio show. Right. And what that's done for me is helped me grow my client base, right? Because now people that thought they were competing with me, I knew they weren't, but they thought that they were, they see me on this next level. So, so now, you know, I, I'm, I go from coaching executives to coaching coaches and I, I'm, a, I'm a speaker's coach as well. 
but turning it into a, a business. And when you do things for me, when I do things like that, it lets me, it, it helps me stand out even more. Um, my next step is, is a TV show, right? And I take my radio show and I have a bunch of cameras and I record everything and I put it out there. I have a guy editing, editing all my stuff now uh, so that I'm, I'm seen, like my brand is seen on the same stage or spaces like the Joe Rogans, the Gary V's, because there, there's not a lot of people doing um, content like that as often as I am. Um, and that's, that's my reason for doing a, a, a radio show. And it, it just, I mean, it's an, it's a, it's, it's on an AM station, but my audience doesn't see AM. They just see, wow, Dom's on a radio show. Like he, this is his next level. Um, so that's, that's why I do a radio show. I don't know how many listeners I have. I don't even care because I'm doing it for video content and I'm doing it, um, for a more credible space. That's not as crowded for people in my industry. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And um, I, how'd that opportunity come up? Like just. Oh, it's crazy, bro. Yeah. So, I mean, I grew up stuttering. I still stutter. Okay. Be, because of some of the things I, I went through in the military, um, things that I saw and, and, and went through uh, as a cop, I have Tourette's. Anybody listening, if you listen close enough, you're going to hear it come out. But. So I, I, I'm not the ideal candidate for radio. Trust me on this one. <laughs> right, right. Um, but I was speaking in Dallas, I think, and somebody saw me on stage and they're like, dude, you need a radio show. And I've heard that a lot growing up just because I have a deep voice. I'm like, yeah, no. Yeah, you got a great radio and voice, man. Like speaking yeah. is not my, I'm like, bro, nobody <laughs> wants to listen to an idiot like on a radio show. I don't have that voice. Uh, but the guy that I met in, in Texas, ironically enough, he lives down the street from me. And I had never met him before. And he has a radio show. He's like, bro, I got to get you connected with my guy to do a radio show. I said, I don't, I don't know, but Hey, I don't know what needs to happen, but let's try to make this happen. And I, I met the guy. I didn't like that station, but it got my brain thinking, what other stations can I get on? So I found a a station and talked to to them and then boom, there I was on, on the, uh, on the radio show doing my thing. And it, it, it helps me. Because with radio, you can't have dead air. You, can't, you yeah. have to time, yeah. time your segments because there's commercial breaks and there's no dead air. So it helps me. I speak every day, and that's my training. It's reps. That's how I'm a dope speaker. Like on stage, I'm, I kill it. But with yeah. radio, it's boop, 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 boop. Like you got to go. And, and you got to know what the heck you're talking about because when people tune in, they're expecting a thing. And it helps me deliver content in a way that drives the message back to, back to what I started with in the show and I don't get long winded. So it's, uh, I, I actually love radio now, but that's how it happened. I was on stage, somebody saw me and then, you know, it was nepotism from that point. Yeah, like you said, I mean, if you want to get better as a speaker, you got to speak more and, and to have a radio show, I mean, like just to, to continually just get better at your craft and mm-hmm. your message and like you said, timing and just right. everything involved. I mean, it it's makes serious, sense. bro. Like the, you mentioned timing like that. Yeah. Yeah, that is key. And honestly, like, and, and I'm sure you go through this too. I, I know that I need to do more lives. I hate doing lives. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, and I, for anybody yeah. listening, I don't care who you are. When you jump on and do a live and you do a live for seven minutes and three people showed up, I don't care how much command presence you have. I don't care how confident you are. Like it, it, it plays on you. Like it doesn't play on me that much, but I'm like, mm, I got 5,000 followers. So <laughs> yeah. Facebook says, yeah, right. 
three people have time to tune in. I'm like, what are you doing at 6 p.m.? Yeah. Right? I don't, and then it's just like with radio, I just feel comfortable with being, being doing lives like from home. It's like, eh, I don't feel like doing it, but because you got to run a business, but doing lives is part of the business. So for anybody listening, if you don't have a radio show, you're not doing a podcast, like your podcast makes you, it makes you be consistent, right? Radio, it, I, I got to be there every now, I think every Monday night. It makes you consistent, but lives, you can think about it. By the time you set up your lights and log in and find a title, you're like, you know what? Let me just do this tomorrow. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, um, you know, I mean, just like I'm sure you, you uh, talk with your clients all the time. You know, you don't, I'm sure you don't always want to do the radio show. You don't always want to do a live. I don't always want to do the podcast. Right. You know, always when I get in it, like I, I enjoy it. And it's oh, like, yeah, totally. But, but yeah, you don't always feel like doing yeah. it. Uh, <laughs> but the, the ones that succeed, the millionaires, like you said, like mm -hmm. they push, I mean, Hey, they do it when all the time, not when they want to. So it, yeah. it really boils down to, um, there's a, there's, there's something I do with myself and I've been doing this for a while. I ask myself at the end of the day, what can I do next? And, um, I'm about to sneeze. All right, there we go. And when I ask myself, Hey, Dom, what can you do next? Yeah, that, that's what makes me do the live or that's what makes me do the post. And for, for any coach out there that's just, I'd say, been coaching for two years. Now, not that you've been coaching for a decade. When I say two years, I'm talking, you've been freaking making money for right. two years, right? I'm not, every, I've been a coach for a decade. And I can't tell by your living situation. Yeah. Or you just, like, you don't know how to make it a business. So anybody yeah, that's been legit, on their own coaching and making money from that over the three or three years or, or less, if you're not consistent on social media, you're going to fail. You, I don't, I had a, a lady message me yesterday. She said, I want to be a life coach. Uh, do you know of any certifications? And I, and I just, I do videos all the time. I showed her a video text. I said, look, bro, uh, you don't need to be certain. Like there's no such thing one in my opinion as a life coach. Like I can't coach somebody's entire life. Like, that's impossible. Like I can be a diet, a nutrition coach, a diet coach, a speaker. Like, like there's a lot of things I can do, but a, a life coach and, and you don't need a certification. Like certifications don't mean anything. They don't mean anything, but you can learn from what you pay for. Right. If you do get certified, but don't, don't hang your hat on a certification. Hey, I've got over 3000 posts on my, on one of my Instagram pages. Right. It's uh, I, I'm heavy into, into social media. And what's crazy is, and I don't know if you've seen this, where you start your business, and then you start charging people for other things that you've learned to be good at. Like, I have 80,000 followers plus on my Instagram at Dom Fawcett, but people were asking me, Dom, how do you grow your Instagram? Well, the, the why is free, bro. Like, the, the how is going to cost you. And I know the power of having numbers, right? Yeah. Because what I was charging at 20,000 followers is way different than what I charge at 80,000 followers because it's yeah. credibility. People don't yeah. follow anybody that nobody follows. So now I help coaches and speakers grow their social media. And, you know, I've got my last line from 1,500 followers to 20,000 followers. But it's, for me, it's, a, it's another stream of, of, of income. Never, one, I never thought about being an entrepreneur. Two, I never thought I'd be, I'm 41. I'm yeah. an old, at this stage, you know, in, in, in a social media game, I'm an old guy, yeah, right? right? And it's like, okay. Like, but, but if you're older, like you think differently. Everything is a stream of income. Call, phone, and then I'm talking to your listeners. When somebody calls you, you don't answer the phone. The only time I take calls 
his. One, if somebody's somebody wants me to go riding motorcycles with them, like I'll take calls for that. Skateboarding, I'll take calls for that. Fun yeah. stuff. But if if I know it's a how do you do this, bro, here's a link. Yeah. My call, you know, my 30-minute calls are 97 bucks. Right. And and that saves me so much time. And anybody listening, stop going, stop meeting people at Starbucks or wherever you meet them. And this is let me break this down. A 30-minute meeting. And it starts, hey, I, you know, let's let's link up for coffee. Anytime somebody reaches out to you to meet up for coffee, it's a win-win more. And they're on the win-more side of that equation. So yeah. when they reach out to you and you say yes, you're gonna drive 10, 15 minutes, best case scenario. Right. Scenario, right? So say 15 minutes there, you risk getting into a car accident, wear and tear on your car or truck, gas. You get there, 30 minutes turns into two hours. Yeah. Right. And now 15 minutes back to your house, wear and tear your vehicle. So now you've got three hours of your day gone. And, and that person never <laughs> becomes a yeah. client, never becomes a client. Oh. Yeah, I tell, no, I'm, and I ask people, cause it, it happened to me. Hey bro, I'd like to meet you. He said, for what? Hmm. Great question. I couldn't really answer the question. In fact, and it's like four, four years ago. Yeah. And I learned this from David Meltzer. If you're going to meet somebody in person, 20 minutes or less. Anything more than 20 minutes is uh, you're socializing. On, yeah. on a phone call, five minutes or less, if you're gonna do it for free. Anything longer than five minutes, you're socializing, right? And you get time back that way to spend with your family, get to enjoy, I mean, it's nice outside in Arizona, 75 degrees, like I'm good. Time to hop on my Ducati and go. But it's uh, charge for your calls. I used to charge $10 for my calls because I, that, that was the value that I felt that I brought to the table. Right. Sure. You, know, right. you know, we all grow our business and like our practice. Time, that value gets, uh, that time gets more valuable. It does. The more you educate yourself, learn yourself, right. And, and yeah. understand who, like what you're doing. And that helps the more clients you bring in and you see their growth, their success. You're like, Oh shoot, I'm gonna charge this much. Yeah. So anybody who's just starting out or yeah. not currently charging for phone calls, you better do it. Yeah. And, yeah, and on it. the flip side is like, yeah, stop asking for, uh, for for people's time for free, right? Like, uh, yeah, you know, value their time, value yeah. your time, and uh, like when money, when you're willing to put money on the table before, without them even having to ask, like they know, like all right, <laughs> let's go. It's, it's 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 a beautiful thing, and if you don't have money to do it, you um, and you say you're a speaker, I'm sure some of your audience are speakers. Yeah, when you go to an event and you're speaking, but you're not the big man on campus or big woman on mm -hmm. campus. I need you to take a tripod. I need you to take a camera, right? I take a DSLR, I, I, I used to, and some sort of lav mic. Look up, just Google lav mic if you don't know yep. what it is. And when you do that, once you get off stage, because now you've associated yourself with, excuse me, the other speakers there, interview them. Record yeah. the content and then post it on your social media. Because a lot of speakers, um, they're a little arrogant. Right? <laughs> they yeah. are um yeah. and a lot of you know some of them are douchebags but you know what play on that everybody right. wants to be seen Feed so it. When, you, yeah. when you yeah <laughs> pour some gas on that fire watch it <laughs> right flame up <laughs> and then you connect with them now they love you yeah, yeah so now when you send in the video whether they post it or not you can just say hey i got this content here it is for free i love all the things that you said can i ask you a couple questions and if you're smart you'll ask them those questions then and there or you'll yeah. ask them the questions on the interview. A lot of speakers like to hear themselves talk. 
Yeah, absolutely. And that's how you cultivate those relationships if you don't have the budget to pay for their coaching services. Yeah, I love it. What's, um, well, let's talk. What's, uh, you know, I, I love this question here. So what's a, what's a critical moment or a turning point in your life where, you know, no doubt you've made them because of what you're doing today is very different than what you started out doing. Mm -hmm. A lot of people that like, they go with the masses, right? Of course. They're, they're taking what the, the safe, the safe route, the safe path. Mm -hmm. And uh, oftentimes the championship leaders are willing to take, they have that vision for something that most others can't see. And they're willing to actually also decide to move that way. What's a moment for you that, you know, had you not made that decision, maybe played it safe, you wouldn't be doing what you are today that has really altered your life. Um, so it, I don't think it was playing it safe because I've never played it safe. Um, it just wasn't, I'm a firstborn and there's just yeah. a lot that goes along with that. But uh, the, I would say the, the, the biggest moment that, that altered my life was when I was a police officer. And um, uh, I was probably about two years in, maybe three years in, and I was in a position to take somebody's life. And um, yeah, I was pretty dark. Like I used to kick indoors with a, without a bulletproof vest. And I was in a very, very, very dark, dark place. Because mm -hmm. um, I had seen a lot of dark stuff. And I'm standing there with my weapon drawn and I'm, I'm about on a Glock 19. It's about without any um, aftermarket things. Uh, the trigger pull is about, it's about a five pound trigger pull. So I'm about um, two and a half pounds of trigger pull in on this. And I'm looking at this guy and I'm looking, you know, to hit him once in the, in the head and twice in the, in the chest. And just as I'm pulling the uh, trigger, use all the commands, stand down, all that stuff. Uh, one of his, his sons steps around his, uh, his hip and says, daddy. And when I heard that, like it, Oh shoot. Like there's a, like eh. when, it, when, when, when kids are on scene and you about to take somebody out, like it, it, um, it changes the scenario right quickly. Um, <laughs> and it, 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 it shifts you mentally and emotionally. I don't care how much adrenaline you have going on. I don't care how far you're, you're pulled into that trigger. But um, I, I had to make a decision. Like, do I kill this guy in front of the son? Which afterwards, I really, he, he realized he had three sons, all under seven. Or do I um, find another way to de-escalate the situation? Well, there was no de-escalating that situation. Yeah, because he had a knife in his hand. Mm -hmm. um, but I, you know, I, I said, you, you know what, God, if it's my time to go, it's my time to go. But I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not going to shoot this man in front of his kids because they're going to grow up hating cops and they're going to grow up without a dad. So I holstered my weapon and, and no sooner than I holstered my weapon, he, he, he charged after me. And up to this point in my life, I had already, you know, I've, I'd been fighting kickboxing and all this stuff. And yeah, once he, 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 once we connected and we collided, um, you know, you learn as you're, you, you train in fighting and de-escalating situations, you don't, you, you, you keep your eye on the weapon, right? So when you see the keep your eye on the weapon, you know how the body's going to move because nothing else is a, is a threat at that level. So we connected and I blacked out. And when I came, came to, he was on the ground and I already had one cuff on his wrist. And uh, I'd say a couple months after that, I, I, I quit. But I, I joined the military because I, I, 
I, I wanted to know what it felt like to take a life, right? And I became a cop because I never took a life in the, in the military wanting to, to do the same thing. And in that moment, I, I, I realized one, I just, I just, in that moment specifically, I, I didn't have what it took to just take a life that I realized, or God told me it's not, I didn't put you on this earth to take a life. I put you on this earth to save lives. And I was like 24 wow. at the time. And um, yeah, my life changed from there. And I was very focused. I didn't know how I was going to change lives. Like I didn't know that, mm -hmm. you know, that, you know, I could speak on stages. Like that wasn't, that wasn't a thought process. I just knew that right. I had to, I had to retire the badge. Right. And I left. So it, um, you know, telling people that, that story, you know, I started in the corporate space and cause people look at my social media and they don't see that side of me. Right. But, um, you know, there, there, there's things that I've gone through that I have to live with. And, you know, I don't care how successful you get there. There's times that, and I don't do it now, but even a year ago, I find myself sleeping in the closet, right? Cause that's, that's, that's my comfort place. Um, and that, you know, that's all PTSD and all that jazz, but, um, that, that moment right there is what led me down this, this path. Now, granted, we're looking at 16, 17 years ago. So it took me a while to get here, but that was the, the pivotal, that, that was a turning point in Dom Fawcett's, Dom Fawcett's life. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, thank you for sharing that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it makes total sense now that you say that, like to see the path from, you know, how, how you got to the corporate side to eventually leading you to where you're at today, which, mm -hmm. you know, more than likely was just the path that was intended for you from God as well. So, right. uh, you know, same for, thing for me, like where I'm at today. And I kind of always knew I wanted to do something like this. I just had no idea how it would happen. I, I heard you kind of say that same thing, like at 24, when you turn your badge yeah. in, you, you, right, right. you know, <laughs> this is how it's going to work, but, right. but it does. And uh, yeah, so thank you for, for sharing that. That's powerful. Of course, brother. Yeah. Uh, one last thing here before we, we close this out, like what yeah. are one or two things that you could leave with, with uh, the listeners, you know, entrepreneurs, people just w wanting a little bit better in their life, want to move forward. What's something you could leave with them uh, that they could implement and, and put into play for themselves to get a little bit better? You know, I'll, I'll leave you two, two things or just leave two things for your audience. One, uh, learn to forgive because you can't, it's, 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 it's not fair to the people that you're coaching if, if, if you haven't fixed your heart. If, learn to forgive those that have hurt you. Um, learn to forgive yourself for those that you've hurt. Because if, if, you're, if you're waiting for an apology from somebody or if you're waiting for somebody to ex accept your apology, you'll be waiting till the day you die. And once you learn how to forgive and actually get, become happy, um, like actually happy, right? You, you completely change as a person. And then the, uh, the other thing is um, fix your home first right before you try to go down this path I, i'm a firm believer that if if you can't lead from the inside of your doorknob you have no business leading or be a person of influence from the outside mm -hmm. i'm not i'm not saying that my wife and i don't have issues but yeah i can't recall the last time like we don't argue um because i actually implement the stuff that i read right um i can't show more love to my clients than i do my wife i can't show a little more love to my 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 social media audience than I do my wife, right? Mm -hmm. I need to show up the exact same way. So those are the two things that I would say start with. Um, 
and regroup if you're, if you haven't done that yet. Yeah. No, that's beautiful. Um, yeah, I always say, I say all the time, like you got to live what you teach, right? You got mm-hmm. to, you got to live it at the highest level. If you get asking right. else to do it, like you better be doing it yourself. So exactly. That's beautiful. Thank you. Um, course, how can we find out more about you? How can we uh, yeah, get a hold of your book and everything else that you got? Yeah. I mean, everything I, I basically run my business from Instagram. Do I have a, a, a website? Yeah. My Instagram's at Dom Fawcett. My website's domfawcett.com. Uh, my, books on my, website, my books on my Instagram. So um, if you have questions, feel free to reach out to me via DM. Um, shoot me a text 602-481-0650. And I'll be happy to answer a question or two. All right, man. Thank you. Appreciate of course, it. Of course. Thank you. I appreciate your time, my man. Yep. Have a good one. Let's go. Let's go. In 05 and 06, I deployed to Kuwait. I used to wait every day for them to say, Nature going home. I missed my life, missed my wife. For 15 months, she was all alone. But when I got back, I felt out of control. Feeling entitled, I put my life on hold. I keep on drinking, so I'm sinking in a river of liquor. Me and my wife weren't alright, I didn't reconnect with it. I had a business, insurance agent, and rental properties. But is there something bigger than this? I know there's gotta be, so I invested in myself. I started seeing coaches. Life is a camera, I fixed the lens, and now I see in focus. Now my life's unrecognizable from my life just a couple years ago. 17 plus years. Years of marriage, it's never been better than this And we got three kids, that's who I do it for I'm gonna be a leader, I'ma lead the way Cause I'm a firm believer, we can do anything we want If I said it, then I meant it, I probably already did it Consider it Championship Leadership Podcast. Hey, Bailey. Championship, 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 leadership podcast. Championship Leadership Podcast. With Nate Bailey.